This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. I captured the princess. She's being defungused. Where's the rock? Rock, sir. The meteorite piece that she wears around her neck, and I told you not to forget it. Without that piece, the meteorite lays dormant. I'll not be able to merge the dimensions. Where is it? The plumbers took it. Plumbers. Plumber alert. Plumber alert. That's right. The Koopa Man is looking for a couple of plumbers. And there's a big coin reward. 2,000 gold Koopa coins. Guess he must have a serious plumbing problem. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Brooks and Greg. Hello, everybody. Hey. Tell me this is not the catchiest video game theme of all time. It's been 20 years since I first played this game, and this song will pop into my head at the weirdest times. And it still fires me up. I don't know if I played that much of it as a kid that it's just deeply, deeply ingrained in my brain somewhere, the neurofibers, but it's stuck. It's a good song. I think just because they keep re-releasing the game every two years, that's why. So there's always somebody playing it. Well, the repetition helps, because I remember getting the Tetris theme in my head, and it's not because it was so awesomely written. And then when you see the patterns and things, and you're just, oh, I used to be a Tetris maniac, you know? You start seeing tiles in the ceiling and stuff, and you're like, yeah, put that one there, and that one there, there's that, right? It's like OCD. That was Tchaikovsky, so it's okay to get the Tetris stuff stuck in your head, because that's real music. It's the Nutcracker. Not at that level. No, it was like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> it's like, it's Tchaikovsky, it's fine. It's like a MIDI file. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's not, well, it's not a symphonic recording, but you, you get what I'm saying. At any rate, if you have haven't guessed yet we're going to talk about well not really just about video games we're going to put our own nerd spin on it and talk about movies that were made from video games movies that were based i guess on a story created in a video game and there's been a ton of these yeah, yeah for, for mostly for worse like i was going to say for better or for worse but there have been very few examples of a movie that was even watchable well does how but really does that surprise you no, because video games now are very sophisticated, but you're talking about guys who were making a Super Mario Brother movie. Like, what are you making that about? Not only were video games didn't really have a thought-out story because there wasn't a really strong scripted part of the game, but also they came from, like, these Japanese maniacs who just came up with stuff for no reason. It's like Super Mario eats mushrooms and he gets, like, superpowers and starts stomping turtles. It's like, what is happening? What kind of game is this? Hitting his bricks with his head and then coins pop yeah, out. Yeah, he smashes a brick with his forehead and gets gold out of it. What are we teaching the kids? Jeez. That's a, I can that hear movie. that. It's like, it's like Lord. Yeah, I got this. It's like, yeah, exactly. This, Hold this on. guy, this is, he's a plumber, right? And then he, you know, he, yeah. <laughs> he stomps on mushrooms. It's like the graphics guys came up with this stuff. It was completely separate. These gra- graphics guys would just invent the separate elements, and then some guy had to build a game matrix around it. Like, so we got this plumber thing, and that's a big mushroom. This is like a dragon that's also a turtle or something. <laughs> and then I just I'll put it all together to save a princess, and there we go. Yay. I don't understand. I mean, you would think that there would be more good movies based on because i mean they're nowadays they're a good video games so there are video games that have a strong well, the plot movies are getting better are they i mean yeah, because well, like, i think so movies like you know doom and things like that yeah that was pretty bad i thought doom was fun 
It wasn't good, but it was fun. I think the problem is that movies that could make the best video games haven't been tapped because they're making almost cinematic quality games. And I wonder when they do when they do make a Halo movie or if they do get around to making a Grand Theft Auto movie or whatever, why you couldn't bring in that same talent, like those same real actors who do the characters in the movie and the same real writers who are writing those really elaborate behind the scenes. Like I don't and especially in Grand Theft Auto where the scenes are really funny and really well scripted. You know, I'd love that movie. I think that these higher budget games I think uh, the properties themselves are very valuable, and and I think they're holding off on those or or waiting until they actually get a really big budget movie going. And I think that's the problem. Most of the games that are made into movies are are smaller games that a lot of people don't know. They haven't made a Halo yet or a uh, yeah. Because I think they're smart. I think they're scared to make Halo. I, I know I would be because they're afraid yeah, that'll turn people it'll off. Ruin the franchise. Like they don't need the promotion. Yeah, the franchise is the game, and the game is really sharp. And there's no point making a crappy movie out of it because you don't need the promotion out of the movie. I'm looking. They've got a list on Wikipedia of movies made from video games, and some of these I didn't realize were based on video games, like this uh, that movie that came out recently, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Or that has that I didn't guy know that, that was a I video liked. game, but it had that feel, the Jason Statham movie, because what is you could tell they were creating a franchise. But that's like a computer game or something, isn't it? I don't know. Somebody well, it's a video me. game. I'd... I just feel bad for that guy because I love him. I think I he's got a lot of talent and a lot of potential, and he keeps making crappy movies. Well, you know, he's not a writer. He's not a director. He can only do what they give him to do. He's like, what can you do? Oh, I can kick really well. Like, okay, I just want you to know there's only so many stories we can work around that. Well, he needs a better like, agent, man, because like, he is cool. I know you, you talk tough and you're master of the jump kick, but I mean – Oh, man. On a similar note, I just saw a thing that uh, that Jet Li and Jackie Chan are making a movie together now. Yeah, it looks weird. I thought Jet Li wasn't going to make martial arts movies anymore. What happened to that? That lasted about three yeah, weeks. Yeah, whatever. Everybody retires from everything. Like, I don't understand it when people announce that. And it, and it was a weird retirement anyway. It's like his, his, his last major martial arts epic set in feudal China. Like, what? Like, well, maybe he'll never make another one of those. But this one looks like the classic kind of, you know, stuff. Like you would see like the crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of stuff where they're in some kind of forbidden kingdom or whatever it's called. Well, that's cool. I'd watch it. It looks fun. It lo- it's one of those martial arts fantasy kind of movies. I find those to be more fun than typical martial arts movies. Oh, definitely better. Then it's got Jackie Chan, man. He hasn't done a movie like that in a while. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him in a fantasy kind of movie. Well, that wasn't completely stupid. <laughs> like, whatever, the tuxedo or something. Yeah, well, that's not, that's like, more of a sci-fi kind of thing. did he make a movie, the medallion? That's what I'm thinking of. He made some movie about a magic medallion kind of thing. I didn't know, man. I didn't see it, but it looked dumb. But this looks kind of fun. But I guess I would kind of like talk about movies a little bit before we start talking about video games. Because I did see a bunch of stuff this weekend that I thought bore note. Alrighty. Have you? I rented the the Family Guy Star Wars tribute. Did you see that? Oh yeah, I saw it when it came out. I don't remember it very well. Well, well, tell us a little bit about it because I I, I was kind of 
curious as to why it's in a huge box like it is. Is it what what comes? Well, it is like an hour long or something, but they do they're making a big to do out of it because it's their Star Wars episode, and all Star Wars nerds get a chance to make good by doing some kind of Star Wars tribute thing. Yeah, and this is theirs. And I I think it was pretty funny, but it, it wasn't nearly as funny as just a regular episode of Family Guy. It felt really forced. I didn't think it was near as funny as the robot chicken one that, that those guys did. That one was yeah. much funnier. And you know, well, because those guys were just doing vignettes of different Star Wars things and just trying to be funny. This, in a, in a, in a way that's almost admirable, is does a scene for scene, like parody of Star Wars, the first Star Wars. Which I thought was kind of There's neat. one part that I remembered liking a, a lot that I thought was really funny when they, they're in the trash compactor and he finds the couch. He's like, this is a per- <laughs> we're taking this couch. <laughs> this couch. I know we're in the middle of a mission and all, but, but I'm, I'm totally taking this couch. <laughs> this is a perfectly good couch. Who would throw this away? That's the stuff that, that makes it funny. And every now and then they'll do something that lampoons a thing and like when the whatever the what is it called? Escape pod. <laughs> the escape pod is, is flying away from the Star Destroyer. It's like, hold your fire. There's no life forms. Like, what are, you, what are we paying by the laser now? No life forms. <laughs> yeah. like, Look, Gary, you don't do the budgets. I do. Okay. <laughs> like, those are the little funny things. Like, the guys with the giant laser thing. Like, I don't want to raise or anything. I just told them I want a rail. A rail here. Would that be so bad? Look at that. This is a giant chasm. We could totally fall in that. You know what they said? They said if we put the rail, that we were afraid you'd be leaning all day. Like, they said that? Yeah, that's what they said. Like, just these long... Like, that's to me what makes Family Guy genius. All the kind of mean stuff that they do sort of loses sight of where... But it's little things that are really funny that, that they do in the Family Guy. Like when they were drowning and they were making fun of the, the Godfather 2. Like, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't care for it. Completely inappropriate conversation. Because you can tell it. it's like... It's like a conversation that they had and they worked it into the script. I think probably the best part of that that Star Wars episode was at the end where uh, Seth Green, who does the voice of the kid, is like, you know, Robot Chicken did this like a couple months ago, so they beat you to it. <laughs> and there's like a whole dialogue between the two. It's like, yeah, but who watches that show? Like 10 guys. So, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, not no, like a he's real like, show. It's the uh, number one show on Cartoon Network. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> who watches Cartoon Network? It's like 10 guys, right? <laughs> number one show out of 10 guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're talking about a show about a bunch of people playing with Star Wars dolls. I mean, like, oh, so you admit you've seen the show then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just funny. Because, you know, Seth MacFarlane, who does The Family Guy, also participated in the Robot Chicken Star Wars episode. He did some of the voices on that, like the Emperor and all that. So it is funny. Those two guys lampooning each other. I think we're just learning that guys named Seth are funny. Yeah, apparently. Name my kid Seth. So Especially he can make a when fortune. they team up. So They're like funny superheroes when they team up, you know? Like, like dynamic duos of funny. But it, there were other parts, there were a lot of parts of that that I didn't think were funny, and, you know. Yeah, it, it was forgettable. Know, some of it was I, I found to be perhaps just offensive without being funny in places. Well, that Obi-Wan Kenobi character, I, I don't like that character in the regular show, the old guy. Oh, the pedophile. <laughs> He's like, oh, but man. They, you know, that's a character that's built off a really great voice. That's why they do that. Because yeah. that voice is just, you can imagine him in the studio making that voice, and that's what keeps them working at the end of the show. He's like, come on, guys. You boys want to see my purple heart? Ooh, man, I can't even hear you. I can't even stand to hear you imitate it. Oh, there was a great episode of The Family Guy where they did a similar voice, but a different character where it was a bee. 
<laughs> and oh, the bees okay. come up going, hey, everybody, watch out. Big old bee <laughs> might sting you with my stinger. <laughs> but oh, no. You know what? I'm not going to sting y'all. And that's my choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best. Because he does that. Oh, no. If I stings you, then I was going to die. Just like this really put on annoying, <laughs> like creepy voice. And you can see that's what sort of that that sort of inspires them when they do characters like that. They're like, dude, you gotta do that in the show. That's just oh no. And it's like the size of a football. I like the weird anthropomorphic nature of the family guy where the dog talks, yeah. but he's still a dog. Everyone understands the dog talking. No one understands Stewie talking except for the dog. Doesn't make any sense. I think they must have gotten past that later on because I've seen episodes where he talks and they they record, they understand him now. I think they just gave up on the fact that they're anything other than two. different I don't think they play it up as much. I mean, you know, in the beginning they would, you know, Stewie would say things and then uh, Lois would talk to him like he's just making baby noises or something like that, you know. But it seems like they don't do that as much now. I think now that they've created them as characters, they don't care about that anymore. They just interact like any other characters do. That is true. When he went to high school, everyone understood him. (laughs) No, it was lame. Everything's lame. That's lame. It was lame. Totally lame. You also (laughs) saw the Darjeeling Limited. I did see the Darjeeling Limited. Man, I love that guy, but can he make a movie that doesn't sound pretentious at the very outset? No, I don't think so. He's incapable of not being pretentious. I did find the movie to be not as pretentious as some of his other ones. No. To to say I I'm a huge fan of Wes Anderson and I haven't I haven't disliked any Wes Anderson movie, but I do agree with you that over the course of the years he has he sort of detached himself more and more from us as an audience, because I think when Bottle Rocket came around we were totally on board because not only did we really like that movie but we really got those characters like related to them and felt like there was a kinship between us and the filmmaker were like, I think we get this guy. I think we, we're from similar places. And then in every other movie, he, he strives to prove us wrong on that. Yeah. Like every other movie is about the, 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 the in-depth, complex lives of very rich people with nothing to do. And I think the Royal Tenenbaums was a big example of that. But I really liked the Royal Tenenbaums. But there were a lot of turns in that. You know, it's also very depressing, you know. And uh, the Life Aquatic went was got pretty bleak in places as well. Even though I really liked that one, and there's a little bit of that in the Darjeeling Limited. But I think there's a lot more Bottle Rocket in it than I've seen in a lot of his movies because it's about these three brothers and they're on sort of a spirit journey because they're trying to rebond with each other and get over their father's death and reconnect with their mother and all this thing. And it all begins with Owen, who is the older brother, has sort of a Dignan-like itinerary that he draws up for all of them where they're all going to go out on this this scripted spiritual journey and that will draw them together as, as prescribed in the itinerary. So there's a lot of bottle rocket aspects, even though different people are in it. Jason Schwartzman, who's in Rushmore, is also in this one. But he plays sort of the Anthony character, like the the younger brother kind of character. And uh, Adrian Brody, they had some really funny people and some really funny moments. And I thought it was a little bit more uplifting than some of Wes Anderson's other movies have been. But it sort of... God, I hope so. Well, it sort of reminds me, you know, in watching this movie, all of his movies are sort of about spiritual journeys. Yeah, but in one way or the other, you don't other. want to see people dying left and right to get your spiritual message. You know, you, I don't think it's necessary to make me feel that crap. <laughs> Does anyone die in this one? Hmm? 
Well, none of the main characters die. <laughs> but somebody dies, right? Somebody, even yeah. in Battle Rocket, somebody almost dies. People are just constantly well, dying in this movie. It's I kind of I'm starting to understand the pathology here because in a spiritual journey, you know, death is sort of part of that. You have to touch death because that's that's the ultimate spiritual journey. You know, the casting off of the flesh, the spirit leaving the body, that kind of stuff. You know, and obviously people who do not die and still go on a spiritual journey have to remain on the mortal plane, but they have to see death. They have to experience death in some way. And it begins with a death because the the whole impetus of this is the death of their father. But I it does it's not as big. I in in Life Aquatic I found it arbitrary. Much as I enjoyed the movie and much as I could I could admit later on I see why that was part of the story. I found it arbitrary for that to happen. I didn't find it completely justifiable in the story for the character who died in that movie to die. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we just I lost just Greg. fell asleep and hit the mic. Yeah, that was pretty arbitrary. <laughs> See, we're on a journey on I this like, show. I like that. I just fell asleep and hit the mic. <laughs> Is the show? Are we even still doing it? You guys were talking about Is some sort of over? movie I've never seen. So, <laughs> Greg has an attention span of about four seconds. <laughs> I was right with you with the Family Guy, and now we're talking about what? Which now? is usually. The other way around. I'm the other one saying. I'm the one usually the one saying, "Hey, now we got to find some movies that you know have some culture to them." But. I know. Then I start talking about spiritual journeys. And Craig's like boring slideshow. What little experience I've had with Wes Anderson movies, I never didn't really like. I didn't like Ball Rocket that much. Well, we sir have nothing to say from then on. <laughs> yeah, I know you I guys are like day. that. It's the greatest movie ever, and I just I you know it's you okay. Might. It's you know, but it's not. It's not all that. I invite you to uh, fall down again. <laughs> Here's a ball. Perhaps you could bounce you'd it. Like to keep yeah, doing that. I'm, I'm much more with you when I'm much more with you when you're talking about like the Big Lebowski. Now, that, that's amazing. Well, speaking of the Big Lebowski, I did see No Country for Old Men. Okay, this weekend also. that's cool. Is it good? Is it depressing? And I. It looks depressing. Yes and yes. I, I, well, think Fargo, but not as funny. <laughs> yeah, but the, without all so, the parts that I enjoyed. But without, without that lighthearted, pithy nature. Yeah. And and I won't get too deep into it because uh, because there is a lot going on in that movie that I feel like I somehow missed. And and I feel like, you know, I'm a pretty sharp guy. I, I get movies. And I, I gave that one my attention, but I still feel like, wait, wait what? So if there there's some things that go on in the movie that I still feel like I got to give it a second look. Overall, it it, it was good. But I have to say, I'm a little disappointed that the Coen brothers are always rewarded for being bleak. Man. And I know Cormac McCarthy, good Lord, man. He must be just the bleakest dude in the world because it's based on a Cormac McCarthy book. And everything with his name on it is just a total horrifying downer. It's the and same thing this with is the, no exception. the same thing with Wes Anderson. The more, the bleaker he makes his movies, the more critics. I know, love it. and the people are like hurrah! Because I'll tell you right now, the new Noah Baumbach movie coming out, I think called Hannah at the Wedding, is the name of it. If I'm remembering Does right. Does she kill everybody Apparently. at the wedding and then herself? Because I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm hearing, what I'm reading in articles is that it is another bleak introspection of his of his own life. It's like, good God, man, was your college days the only time you ever had any fun? Because maybe you should just make movies about that. Nice <laughs> things, you know what I'm saying? Nice things. Jeez. 
bringing yeah, everybody man. down. You know, either they're getting to be like these guys, and I love them, and I like their movies even when they're bleak. You know, I respect the, them as filmmakers, but they are getting to be these guys that you were like met them at a bar or at a party or something and were hanging out with them. They were so much fun. And then you get to know them, and then all they talk about is how, like, their dad died or some crap. <laughs> you know? You're like, whoa. Like, dude, what happened? You talk about a bait and switch. I'm not saying that you can't have depth, but, you know, I feel like we got off on the wrong foot here because remember when we were having fun? And, <laughs> you know, it wasn't all fun. But how geez. can you be capable of being so funny and, and refuse to do it so much? Well, I do. I, I think it, it, it gets back to – I think what it really comes down to is the Coen brothers thing. I don't think it's the filmmakers in particular, but I really do think it's this overall feeling in Hollywood and, and in you know the Academy in that bleak equals dramatic. That If it's melodramatic or that it's really depressing, then it must be real. And there is melodrama and there is drama and there is tragedy that is not real at all. And doesn't reflect what goes on in the real world. And just, I don't know, rewarding someone purely for being dramatic or purely for, for being depressing, I think is missing the point entirely. I think there have been great movies that won a lot of Oscars that were best picture kind of movies. And they were very uplifting and they were very funny. And they were very entertaining. I'll tell you a movie that's very entertaining and uplifting and should have won all the Oscars. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that. You're trying to get us right back on the has been given the dream. He is the chosen one. No, he left our temple. Turn his back on us. Why have you come back? I want to represent the Order of Light at the tournament. For what reason? The man who killed my brother will be there. That cannot be your only reason for going. Or you will fail. Oh yes, I forgot. We're fighting for the fate of the world. That's why you left the temple and ran away, isn't it? The great tournament was too much responsibility. But vengeance... That's so much simpler. Lord Raiden! You're still running away from your destiny. Raiden? Grandfather, get up! This isn't your god of thunder and lightning. He's just a beggar. Spare him, my lord raider. American life is enfeebled his mind. Too much television. We all saw it in the theater. I believe we saw it together, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Well, no. Well, no. Well, I've seen it. Man, that Mortal Kombat theme sure is awesome. <laughs> it's catchy. I'll give it that. Uh, it's the Man. only techno you know that I can remember. You know what franchise going really is that New techno music. When that game came around and they made that lame techno soundtrack for the game. And then when they made a movie, they kept the techno soundtrack in the movie. And that sort of continuity kept kept it alive for people. Even though that movie was crap. And that movie was awesome compared to the things that followed that movie. 
like the second movie and the TV show. I never saw the second movie, and I wasn't aware that there was a TV show. One of our Johnny Dramas was in the TV show. Jeffrey Meek was in that TV show. He was one, He was our first ever Johnny Drama on this That's show. That's right. I am sorry, Mr. Meek. I remember our Johnny Dramas. I remember our Johnny Dramas and pay them their proper homage. You know, what's sad about video movies made from video games, I'm looking through the list on Wikipedia, and I've seen a lot of these, but they're so forgettable. Like Blood Rain, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot they made a Blood Rain movie," and I saw that they made more. They made more than one. I forgot. I've only There's seen like a second one. one. It was like direct to Sci-Fi Channel. Double Dragon. I don't remember a movie being made about Double Dragon. Oh, that was awesome! I do remember that. Alyssa Milano is in that movie. Alyssa Milano was in it. Oh my lord, that movie is funny, and it's got one of the guys. I'll tell you, everybody that's in that movie, <laughs> every <laughs> it's, single person. It's one dude that from Party of Five is on it, and then uh, Mark Dacascos is the other brother on it, and then Alyssa Milano is like the head of the resistance, <laughs> and Robert Patrick is the bad guy. Really? It's awesome. It's so awesome. I really do. It's one of those that's a lot of fun to watch. It's just stupid. House of the Dead, I do remember that. That was a- Oh, also awesomely stupid. You know what made that movie cool? Besides the fact that it was awesomely stupid, they actually work- <laughs> footage of the game (laughs) into the movie they actually show the game full screen in the movie so you can see oh look this is like that part in the game they used them as like kind of bumpers between scenes and stuff and i guess they thought they were being cute the last 30 minutes of that movie turns into like a music video montage where people are just running with chainsaws and swords and then all of a sudden it'll show some shot of the game and people are dancing and like what the hell is going on what's sad is what hurts that movie is how much they try to be like the game if they just made it like a like a zombie movie or something it would have been fine they actually try to make it a video game i think that's what a lot of people hated about doom as well because they did a lot of that you know, first-person perspective kind of thing all through yeah, the movie. Yeah, they do break. They, that's a big part where they do that homage in Doom. And uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was kind of funny at first, but I do I do recognize that that's not going to work on anyone that didn't play the game. And it does break with the spirit of the movie. It takes you out of the movie to the point where you you remember, oh, yeah, I'm watching a movie. You lose track of the story, so to speak. Well, because that's not as cute as they think it is. Yeah. What I like about this is it... There is a listing here for the Street Fighter films, and there is a Street Fighter and a Street Fighter 2, but it's important to remember these movies are not related at all. In fact, they were made simultaneously. If you notice, they came out the same year. Because Street Fighter was like an American live-action movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. that's the one I know. I don't know this other one. What is the other that one? That one was fun. Well, Street Fighter 2 is sort of like a Japanimation, like an anime oh. version. and. Probably more true to the game than this on bootleg somewhere. Yeah, it's pretty awesome actually. If you like Street Fighter and want to see it represented in a movie, Street Fighter Two, the animated movie, is the way to go. Because the Van Damme one is is more, and we've said this before. This is it's really GI Joe the movie. It's the GI Joe. Yeah, they create this weird sort of uh, multinational coalition that he's in charge of, where they all wear little lavender blue berets or some crap. And Guile, who I never liked on the game, is the is the hero of the movie because it's Van Damme, which I also didn't like. But some of the other characters are fun. Blanca doesn't exist until the very end of the movie, which is annoying because Blanca was the guy I always liked to be in uh in the game because he was just awesome, Bra- Brazilian capoeira expert, and also just feral blue and orange <laughs> demon monster <laughs> yeah. weirdo. Why not? <laughs> like, 
perfect. Of course. It was awesome. Blanca, not only would do these great, like, capoeira moves, but then he'd just touch you and you'd get shocked. If you go, oh, what is it on? It's on collegehumor.com, I think. Some website is doing a web series called Street Fighter The Later Years. And it's all the street fighters getting back together after, you know, having reassimilated into society to have another tournament. And it's kind of funny and weird and dumb. But they had a couple of funny gags on it. I like that one line in the movie. You you can do it better than, than me. The line that uh, what's his name, the bad guy gives. Oh, the, well, the saddest thing of all is this movie was the last movie that Raúl Julia was in. He plays Bison in the movie, and that's where Chun Li's whole thing is to go is her revenge scenario on him. And she comes up and is like, "Because you killed my father." He's like, "Ooh." <laughs> she's like you don't remember and she t- tells the whole story he's like you know I get around a lot for you the day that Bison touched your life was the most important thing that ever happened to you for me it was Tuesday <laughs> like just this <laughs> like, like I kill so many people I don't even know why you're after me yeah. <laughs> that it's was pretty awesome for me it's definitely a fun movie to watch, and it's kind of cheeky. Well, I just logged into this uh, website. We're looking at. In case it. anybody is interested, there's a Wikipedia page on you know movies based on video games. And I'm just looking over some of these. Yeah, and I swear it doesn't even scratch the surface looking at it because I can swear oh, there's yeah. more than this. That's what I was thinking, but I could, but then I couldn't actually think of any. That, that think of any that were not represented. Maybe they've just made such an impression that they're that it's not that many. They've just made an impact. Yeah. Like the Mario Brothers films, for example. I, I can't this thing came out in ninety yeah, three. That's pretty wild. Oh yeah, I remember I, I saw that movie in the, the theater 80s. when I was young. This movie. No, it kind of feels like one from the eighties because it's it's by the guy who did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, made wrote this movie. And they, they really? tried to make it, I guess, that kind of like fun, campy thing where like Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo are both plumbers who get thrown in some weirdo alternate dimension where they don't eat mushrooms and, and punch through bricks, but that a lot of other weird stuff does happen. Uh-huh. Plumbers! No, he is. I'm just apprenticing. Get in the car! But I didn't do that. Are you telling us that you can arrest a guy for being a plumber? Get out of here! Get, get in there, plumber! No! Hey, what is All right, this? all right, what do we, what do we do? I'm getting and what is it? Dennis Hopper plays King Koopa, who Lord. is like taking over the, the the world, and they have to. Is he's made it a mission to be the weird bad guy in every crappy movie he can get into? Yeah, really. That's that's sort of been his claim to fame for a while since Easy Rider. He's like, since I sold out, I just want to be crappy <laughs> bad guys. I want to be in Waterworld. Yeah. It's like he made one important movie, and it's like oh, that's it. Speed. I made one important movie for twenty dollars to prove how independent I was, and then I sold out like a sum of it. He was in Apocalypse Now, <laughs> wasn't he? Well, for about 10 minutes, he was And I'm in, sure he he's been in some now. good stuff. Dennis Hopper is a good actor. 
but it, he hasn't made something good that I can recall in a long time. This is sort of the easy rider curse. I can't. Peter Fonda's made a whole lot of crap too. Maybe these guys only have power when they're together, like the Wonder <laughs> Twins. Yeah. Maybe they like should the, like. Uh, I know they're they're estranged the from each other, but maybe that's the problem. Yeah, maybe they need you know to lock arms and see what happens. It says here on the Wikipedia article that Bob Hoskins, who played Mario, is quoted as saying that this was the worst movie he has ever acted in. <laughs> and that's oh really? Have you have you seen Heart Condition, <laughs> Bob? The one where where Denzel Washington dies and his heart gets put into Bob Hoskins, who is a racist, as a heart transplant, and so he's haunted by Denzel's ghost. Yikes. No, I've That's not seen not that. That's not worse than Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> At least Super Mario Brothers has a pretext for being stupid. I guess the only successful movies that I can think of have been the Tomb Raider movies and the Resident Evil movies, both of which star pretty girls, which probably helps. Yeah, I think that really is the key. The, the, the name recognition of the franchise is probably irrelevant. Well, Blood Rain had a prettyish girl in it, I guess, and it didn't do well. So, <laughs> what's wrong with her? <laughs> I don't remember what she looks like that well. I just remember she wasn't. I don't. I don't remember. Wasn't who it is. she? Isn't she the girl from the? Isn't she the Terminator girl? I don't remember. Lorraine. Luckin, I don't remember Duckin who was in Terminator either. I don't. Durka Dickin. That's another forgettable Durka, movie. Durka Durka Durka. Whoever she is, she's forgettable enough in that I've seen all her movies and don't remember any of them. So, well, I think for her, at least for her benefit, I do think she's hot. I'm going to go ahead and give her. I remember that. You should probably qualify the most successful statement with with saying that probably it's the most successful live action because I see here that we've got like 10 Pokemon movies. Well, I don't think – I don't count Pokemon for anything. Well, yeah, but what are the, what are those can bring in? They can't bring in that much money. I bet they do, man. My brother, my brother's kids used – the oldest one, first it was Pokemon and now it's with the Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Yugi Gaki Joe. You have the mule. You Google Joes. What is that? Yo the Pokemans. <laughs> I love being the old man because they always get mad. Why, why do you always call it Pokemon? Because I got a job <laughs> yeah. and I can do what I want. Wing Commander. <laughs> I see that on this list. I was about to say something about Wing Commander. This is... Oh, my Lord. And I love Freddie Prince, man. Hey, man, you got you got to hand it to Freddie. I always I mean, enjoy Freddie Prince movies. You no, know, he, he makes some crap movies, but you got he makes choices just based on what he likes. That's why he ends up in movies like Scooby Doo. <laughs> you know what I like about Freddie Prince too is he's sort of charmed in that respect. It's like no matter what level of crap he makes, he's always still famous. There's a, the Freddie principle is not to be ignored. But I hated it about this movie in particular because, I mean, I, I really like this series of video games. And it seemed like a good idea for us sci-fi. They, they, these cat people and all this stuff. And the, the cat people heart don't even really appear in the movie. And I never understood that either. Like, it's like the, the Wing Commander thing had sort of a mythology that would have been fun. It was just like sort of a, you know, space war kind of thing. Well, it had a lot of canon. I mean, it had, you know... A, a really pretty well developed canon that that could have been drawn from, and and they they tried, but it just uh it just didn't work out. Oh, who's the girl in that movie? Saffron Burrows, I think. Isn't that yeah. the name of the girl in that movie? Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> she's she's a lovely lady, who's also in crap a lot. She was in Deep Blue Sea. Well, see, it takes more than a pretty girl, though. But I guess for. What you could say for uh, Mila? Not for Sean, it don't. Mila and uh, 
Angelina is that they're also famous outside of that. They were famous before the movie, whereas the Blood Rain Girl true. has only been in a couple of smaller kind of movies. Yeah, she was only she was in whatever that that Terminator movie that wasn't any good, and now she's on some show on Sci-Fi, Painkiller Jane. I guess what you need if you're going to be successful is, is have a game with recognition, name recognition, and then get a famous pretty girl. I think you also have to make a movie that people like. Like people liked that first Tomb Raider. I didn't see either one of them, but people liked the first one and didn't seem like the second one, and the second one didn't do as well. And there's not a third one. Deep underground, in a top secret research lab. Security has been breached. A deadly virus, capable of contaminating the entire world, has been released by Umbrella Corporation. It's okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race. No one is immune. Resident Evil. You're all going to die down here. I liked the uh, Resident Evil ones. Did you guys like those? I didn't see the third one, but I liked the first two okay. I thought they were pretty good. I mean, for what they are. Uh, let's see. I don't I don't think I've ever seen any of them. You're not going to like them because they're about zombies. Yeah, they're not really my thing. I don't really like them because, as much because they try to be action movies. And they work better as action movies, but they try to be zombie movies, and they don't really work as zombie movies at all. You know, I guess I kind of like them because they're different as as zombie movies because they really are sort of action oriented more than anything else. But I sort of miss, you know, I sort of miss zombies, real zombies. Yeah, well, I guess you can't. I, I can't think of that many video games that are real zombies, straightforward. Well, because video games are kind of dumb. I guess Resident Evil does capture the Resident Evil video game pretty well with the raccoon city and all the ridiculousness. That's the thing about, I, I think it's admirable and silly that they maintain the story of the game to the point where they actually keep it the city called Raccoon City. Because <laughs> in the game, you're like, we name it that, it's a video game, who cares, it's fun. But then we make a movie like, well, we're kind of screwed ourselves here. We have to call it Raccoon City or we're going to make people yeah. mad. But real people that don't know the game are going to be like, what? This happened where? What? Raccoon City. Uh, well, yeah. What? I haven't seen Tomb Raider either in, in entirety, though I've, I think I've seen all of them in pieces on yeah. TV. I have seen I have seen Tomb Raider and that. I've never actually played the video game, but I've, I've I've seen about five minutes of one of them, and it looked awful. It was okay. They're okay. I mean, they're swashbuckler adventure movies. They've got a neat little section on on this Wikipedia page called "Comparisons of Success of Video Game Adaptions," and it's got some pretty sobering figures, like Blood Rain, for example, had a budget of twenty five million, and the uh, worldwide Gosh. gross was three million. Yikes. Worldwide. Yikes. Wow. It seems like you can barely. It seems like you can barely go anywhere without making at least ten million. There's a movie called like, uh, Alone in the Dark, Lord. which I'm not even familiar with. Oh, I saw like the first ten minutes of that, and it was awful. Directed by the same guy that did Blood Rain, this movie had a twenty million dollar oh, budget, and it pulled in eight million worldwide. So he has spent forty five million and pulled in eleven so far. <laughs> How many movies yeah. does this guy get to make? Double Dragon, the movie that you love. Brought in a total U.S. box office gross of two million. Man, I'm amazed it was a theatrical. What are you guys thinking? But that one had real actors in it, right? 
Alyssa Milano. You'd think she'd be able to bring in more than two million total. Well, I mean, at that point, you know, this is before she started doing softcore porn, right? This, yeah, this is before that, pre-softcore porn, post Who's the Boss. <laughs> Hopefully that's the the time frame. And pre-Charmed, which is the big thing. She's like a big star now. Oh, man. This movie, In the Name of the King, a dungeon siege tale, directed by the same guy that did Blood Rain and that other movie. The same guy. What are they giving? Man, do these guys not have my number? This movie, worldwide gross, $10 million. Worldwide gross. Where does this Some, guy keep getting jobs? Uh, Nothing bitch, against him. Yeah. I'm happy for him. But good Lord. Like, good for you, but I would give my number to these guys in a second because I know I could at least match that level of quality. Man, the first Pokemon made $163 million worldwide. Yeah, don't get me started. I'm not talking about Pokemon. <laughs> oh, those little Japanese weirdos make me mad. And talking about the Pokemon, it's not actually like, not saying the Japanese are weirdos. <laughs> talking about the characters. Yeah, I'm talking about like anything that spawns out of a ball and then starts like has magical powers. Wing Commander brought in 11 million. Super <laughs> Mario Brothers brought in 20. That's eh, all right, I guess. It had a week. Well, I went to see it. You think about that. If it was somewhere where I saw it, then it had to be, you know, it had a bigger open than some movies. Silent Hill was a pretty good movie. I saw that in the theater. It was pretty good. But disappointing. It was one of those movies that had a lot, a lot of awesome visuals, but the story never really came together. I guess it's kind of like the game in that respect. Well, and then it, it's one of those that's annoying because Mortal Kombat did this too, and this is these guys put themselves in a whole new category when I see them. It's where they do the interviews and they're like, "Yeah, I've seen a lot of movies based on video games, and you know they're pretty crappy, but you know this is people are going to be surprised when they see this one's this one's a real movie. You know, we've really thought this one out as a movie." It's like, okay, keep talking it up. We shall see. Because I will admit, Silent Hill is better than Alone in the Dark. What is Alone in the Dark? I don't remember that at all. It sounds like something I, I should have seen. I never even knew the video game, but and, and I only saw probably the first 10, 20 minutes of the movie. I, I, I do remember the video game. Actually, it, it was kind of, it had, it, it didn't do very well in its initial release, but then you know, kind of gained a cult following. And it's about a reporter, I think. You know, it's it's not a shoot 'em up at all. It's kind of a you know like an RPG, I guess. Which is weird because in the movie he's not a reporter. Christian Slater is like some kind of paranormal investigator or some some stupid. And then he ends up tracking down some kind of monster that is also being tracked down by this this task force that is led by Stephen Dorff. It's like Yikes. you know the movie gets progressively stupider. It sounds like, awesome. Is any, to me. Anybody. Has anyone not gotten the chance to play? There's still some people we could wheel out in this little C movie piece of crap. I'm impressed, Art, actually. Sounds awesome to Isn't me. there? But there's an Audrey Hepburn movie called Alone in the Dark, isn't there? Yeah. That's what's even more offensive is that you stole a move, the name from a real movie. Well, I don't think he stole it. He, he probably wasn't aware of it. And the game is based on a game, so the game might have stolen it. It's a pretty generic you know, statement, though. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Did anyone see Hitman? It looked much like the video game, but I don't know how it would work as a movie, but it looked just like the game. Yeah, and I feel like it would be a fun action movie. I'm a big fan of Timothy Oliphant, who's in it. And if you like the video game, I never played the video game, but it does look like it's modeled directly after, like visually, right after that video game. It says here that on the Wikipedia that there's some controversy about using scenes from the Dark Angel TV series in the opening sequences. Really? That's got me curious. I hadn't heard that. Like, Probably a lot of things of like somebody sneaking around, I guess. Why would you want to use 
That doesn't make any sense to me. Have you guys ever seen Final Fantasy? That movie was weird, too. The Spirits Within? Because there's like 20 Final Fantasy movies. You're talking about that first one that had all the... Yeah, the Spirit... Well, yeah, the first one, The Spirits Within. It's like, well, I mean, I thought the movie was decent, but... I thought it was, too. The one where they're trying to be photorealistic in the... the Yeah, I didn't get why it was a Final Fantasy movie. Because, I I mean, what little bit I know about Final Fantasy is a... You know, it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings kind of world. No, what's what... Well, it's, it's... Final Fantasy, the game, what kind of what makes it cool is it is a fantasy world where you have magic and stuff, but they also have very high technology. They have spaceships and stuff like that, too. The movie, though, it is true, the movie didn't really reflect that very well. It didn't, the people didn't look like Final Fantasy characters. The outfits and the production design didn't yeah, really look I mean, look I thought it. the movie was pretty decent. It looked, you know, like a good sci-fi flick, you know, but... Uh, it was an interesting story, though. I think it's, it was kind of made me mad that people blew it off so much because it had a decent story i thought i thought it sort of reminded me of one of the japanimation kind of stories because what is it they're they're in a spaceship and there's like some kind of animal spirit some kind of force going around that would like you know rob people of their life spirits and things yeah in the earth or something that they've disturbed or some you know (laughs) some kind of hippie crap (laughs) <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. You're a cynical dude. Where it's like some kind of message about how we shouldn't have messed with Mother Nature or something. And that was like the whole thing. But they were trying to be all serious and they had whoever doing the voices where it's like Donald Sutherland and Alec Baldwin. And they're trying to make these computer generated versions of them. Because that's the new technology they're trying to push. Which I don't understand is why people are trying to do that. Well, it seems like they spent a lot of money to create bad actors that looked kind of real. Because it's like they didn't emote at all. Like, actual animation emotes. Like, it's stylized. Have you seen Beowulf? Anybody? I saw it last weekend. What are are your thoughts? You know what? what, It's it's actually pretty fun. It's If you look at it, it's just a fun action-adventure kind of movie. It follows the story fairly well, considering. That's pretty good. And it um, what what makes it interesting? It, well, the the animation isn't very good, in my opinion. See, that's what I got from the commercials. It's okay. It's not bad. Parts of it are really cool looking, but then other parts are really not as cool looking. And I don't really understand why they needed to do that. I guess they were trying to save money because it would have been really expensive to shoot some of this stuff with real. Well, the way I understood they shot it is that they actually did, you know, use real people. Then they yeah, they shoot, they motion captured the real people. And then animated yeah, the them. Ralph Bakshi style. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it's like much. Going back to the old Bakshi Lord of the Rings. Movie. I feel really bad for the guy that plays Beowulf because he does a fantastic job and as a voice actor and as a, a physical actor, I guess. But he's kind of an older, overweight kind of British dude. And uh, in the movie, he's like this super buff, blonde, monster man kind of guy. But everyone else looks like their actor so to speak, especially Angelina Jolie. She comes out, and it's completely obviously her in every way. And then the other people, like it has uh, has Anthony Hopkins in it, and you could tell it's him in the face and stuff. You know, Is Angelina it, Jolie naked in this cartoon? Yes. Why did I, someone say that? Is she really naked in it? Well, the character is. I don't know that <laughs> Like how she much is. and for how long? Uh, pretty, pretty extensively. <laughs> Doesn't that seem weird, though, that... She's never gotten like crazy naked in a movie except Gia. <laughs> didn't she also get naked in that? I'm not sure because I've only seen parts, but didn't she also get naked in that one girl interrupted or whatever 
that girl where she's. Oh, in I the, don't know. Seems like if she's ever been naked in a movie, and this is your punishment if you want to see Angelina Jolie. If she's ever been naked in a movie, it's because it wasn't a movie that was otherwise worth watching. But my original point, if we could just cast the line out, reel it back in. <laughs> Please stop. Talking, I feel bad Sean. for the saint, the guy that plays Beowulf, because he's probably watching this. Go, wait a minute. Everyone else looks like their their character. <laughs> Why didn't my character look anything like me? Well, if he didn't, well, if, <clears throat> we didn't want to. If you know. he didn't know that you're making a Beowulf, but what's what was annoying to me about that is that it isn't just that he doesn't look like the actor. It's when you see the Beowulf character, you immediately know it's not a real person. Yeah, like I'm I'm talking about when I saw the movie poster for Beowulf because I remember thinking they're going to make a Beowulf movie. That'd be kind of cool. And then when I saw the Beowulf movie poster the still shot i was like oh it's gonna be a cartoon like you can tell just in the still frames that it's not a real person i'm not even sure if they were trying to go for uh photo realistic this is photo realistic or not or if they're going out of their way to make it look stylized it's hard to tell in the movie it parts of it look pretty good like parts of it are impressive animation and other parts not as much so i don't know but but it's a it's a decent movie i had fun with it it has a line in it that just like drives me crazy because this is the new thing. It's right out of 300. There's a part when he's fighting the monster and he goes, I am Beowulf! Which is pretty much exactly, This is Sparta! Well, if it weren't for 300, that Beowulf movie wouldn't have gotten made, and that's the bottom line anyway. Everybody's trying to make their 300, even this 10,000 BC movie. Yeah. Everybody wants to make I some kind of CGI heavy period piece. Yeah, I am caveman, man. I found a list of TV shows based on video games, like shows based on it, or just shows that have video game theme in it. Because no, there's like, so, a, I mean, there's a Super Mario Brothers three, and there's Donkey Kong Country, Dragon's Lair. I remember the Dragon's Lair cartoon. Oh, Dragon's Lair, I will accept that, but I've never heard of uh, some of the what, what? What else? Dragon Slayer was a pretty big phenomenon at its in its time uh okay uh live action tv shows based on cartoons um king koopa's cool cartoons that was live action not familiar with that at all the legend of sword and fairy you ever heard of that one again no no idea are these japanese tv shows uh i don't know we're in where in the world is carmen san diego was a live action i remember a cartoon yeah it was on it was on public television it's (laughs) public television <laughs> you don't know Jack, which was a game show hosted by uh, Paul Rubens. Well, see that—that's not. You don't know Jack was hosted by Paul Rubens. Yeah. <laughs> was this after the flap? Uh, yes, it was after the flap. Well, awesome. <laughs> you don't know Jack. You got to be kidding me. Well, that doesn't count because that's not the kind of video game we're talking about. Yeah, that's a game show. And Carmen San Diego, that—that's weak too. That's like an educational <laughs> game. Screw that, man. We yeah. were talking about educational games. We're about to learn something other than how to kill. Can you think of some games that should have been made into movies? Well, that's, well. of course, I guess Halo would be the obvious one. People want to say, you know, that that one's Well, one. I'm still sticking with Grand Theft Auto. Man. You wouldn't think Grand Theft Auto would kick ass as a movie? Star Wars has a pretty good assortment of games, too, that, that, that have been made based on Star Wars. That's sort of the opposite direction, though. Well, I mean, by what I'm yeah. saying is that, you that's know. an that's an exponential franchise, though. That's one of those things that hits on so many levels. There's 
you're going to be hard-pressed to find anything that didn't get a Star Wars something out of it. Yeah, they had toothbrushes. <laughs> yeah, the Phantom Menace toilet paper. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't make, a, you know, like Splinter Cell or something like that, because that well, could totally... That's based on a novel, though, so I guess you can make the movie based on that. I know, there's a lot of Tom Clancy stuff. Well, according to the website here, that, that one is supposed to be in development. Uh, or in development hell, as I think is what it says here. I'm not sure Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy is, has, isn't as big as far as making movies as he used to be. The last Jack Ryan movie was Some of All Fears. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Splinter Cell is slated for 2010, according to this website. Well, that's cool. Tomb Raider 3. Okay. So what's going on with Tron? Yeah. How about that? Well, you know, they came out with a sequel, the video game. Uh, that was a video game sequel. Yeah. But it looked... From what I saw, dumb. I played it. It was okay. But yeah, it was kind of dumb. Did it seem like Tron at all? It didn't look like Tron. Well, it, it did. I mean, it, it you could tell it was sort of the Tron universe. And they brought back Bruce Broxleitner as as the father of the guy, the hero of the, of the game. But he's too old to do the voice of Tron in a video game? Well, I guess the thought was that the, the original Tron program has already run its course. I mean, there's you know been 20 years of computer development. So apparently, like if the Tron program ran in the current computer world, he'd just blow up because he couldn't exist at that kind of speed or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. It was like a 72K. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh, my God. That is hilarious. I, want, I need to dig that up. But there is where he's like, my brain can hold almost eight gigs of information. <laughs> Like, my jump drive holds eight gigs of information. Save your childhood, canoe, damn. I know. It's like, I am carry I carry that in my pocket. <laughs> you erased <laughs> your whole childhood to, 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 to fit my jump drive? We should make. We should do a show about movies that uh, to give inaccurate predictions of the future. And not movies from way back, but movies from our lifetime. Just to, just, it'll demonstrate to us, I think, how rapidly the future is actually moving. You know, we'll if we do our Doomsday episode, it would be the, the false future episode would be good because, good Lord, according to the movies, we, we've lived out the future in several apocalypses already. Like, I can't, most movies that are based in the future are based in our past. And most movies where the world ends, the world ending event has already occurred. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, we've already, we won. We, we beat it. They're rewriting Star Trek as they go along because of it. That kind of bothers me, though, because in the original, original Star Trek, the concept was that there was never a nuclear war. It won't take much to prove that wrong, but still, it's, it's the nicer idea. Well, I have an idea for an invention. I'll throw this out real quick. I want to end the, on this. This is a thought for you guys out there. This is something <laughs> that, that needs to be invented. All right. And is this cool. may blow your mind. Hit it. <laughs> I like that. Get up. Sweater pants. <laughs> now think about it. Will, the, still have, will it still have the head hole? They make jeans jeans out of denim, right? And then they said, you know what? We can make jackets out of denim. In fact, we can make shirts out of denim. You can have an entire denim outfit now. But they still don't make pants out of sweater. They make sweaters out of sweater. They make scarves out of sweater stuff. Why not pants? You know why? You can have a full suit of sweater. Sweater pants. Actually, I, I can tell you why. Because can you imagine wearing wool on your legs, walking across the street, and then touching something made out of metal? I would like to give it a chance. That's all I'm saying, man. I don't really dig on sweaters that much anyway for the reason that sweaters not only attract static electricity a lot, but they they are very too warm. 
I can imagine people in Aspen or somewhere, but living in Georgia, sweaters don't really come into play that much. I'm just saying, sweater pants. I like I like girls in sweaters, but that's a whole different scenario. That's an aesthetic choice. That's 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 how I feel. Tight about sweaters. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna judge, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. But I don't know. When you say sweater pants, I think of a guy wearing a sweater as pants, which is a joke. <laughs> like, what's going on, guys? I think of a crazy man. I think of just like a guy wearing sweatpants. I mean, sweatpants is kind of the same thing. Sort of, but it's a different material. You know, like all pants are the same thing. But they're... As a person who wore sweatpants a lot for no reason in my youth. We have video proof of this. It's true. Who, like, oh, who, constantly me? for no reason. No. Oh, oh me. <laughs> no, actually, uh, it was me too. I... Yeah, well, everyone wears sweatpants. I get the the wanting to wear sweatpants. They're comfortable. If you had had sweater pants, man, they'd be so cozy that you'd have worn them. I'm just saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at for some investors in this. If anyone wants to invest in this brilliant idea, well, you know, make some pants. Uh, my my theory is they wear out too quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that as a logistical. I, you should listen to Greg on that because. Because that does sound like there's a lot more stretching that has to go on on the lower half than on the upper half. Because when you think about it, sweaters, in the, in the, leaving aside the girl factor that we were just talking about, sweaters typically are not supposed to be real tight fitting, you know, real form fitting necessarily. Like you just throw a sweater on, but you can't just throw sweater pants on. They got to fit unless it's like some kind of MC Hammer situation. Well, that's what I was thinking. You just throw a belt on it, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how loose. <laughs> Good the rest Lord, of it is. this is a horrific outfit that's coming together <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> you laugh, but five years from now, everyone's going to be wearing sweater pants. It's not that hard. Doesn't everybody? Doesn't you know? We get somebody's mom that makes sweater pants. It's like an issue of crocheting. I mean, you can prove me wrong tomorrow if you want. We can give some. We it wouldn't be hard to get a prototype of sweater pants put together. It's start just, a trend, man. You're gonna start. A I'm trend. trying. Yeah. I'm working on it. You, you'll be you, the toast of Fashion Week next week. Exactly. Next week. You you be the guy to bird dog this <laughs> this new trend because it doesn't sound. I'm like not it's a model though. I'm gonna have to get some good looking guy to, to wear. <laughs> See, that's He's another thing too. I, I got a feeling that. I got a feeling that sweater pants would be pretty unforgiving, too. I mean, you, you got a little flab here and there. It's going to show with these sweater That's pants. what I mean. Sweater pants. I, I don't know. Sweat pants are sort, of, are sort of designed in a way that's kind of brilliant because it does have, like, the one drawstring, and the rest is just, you know, let, lets it fly. <laughs> you know, guys, we could probably discuss this off the air. <laughs> or next week if we need a whole other episode <laughs> for sweater pants. I like how we lost we lost steam on the conversation like an hour ago. You mentioned sweater pants, and all of a sudden we're all excited. Like, wait, what? I got all kinds of ideas for this. Why wasn't this the sweater pants episode? I'm telling you, there's something to it. That's why you're excited. <laughs> yeah. You doubt now, but you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and go, man, of course. Sweater pants. <laughs> God, I've been so I stupid. I, exactly. I mean, it just sounds like a hit. Where would the tag go? Well, we'll go ahead and get out of... We'll get out of your headphones now. Yeah. tv is the website. We've got all the episodes there. I don't know. Darkcrazy.com is our mother's site. That's Sean's site. Go visit gregstarks.com. See why he's such a big MySpace celebrity, according to Sean. Bellswake.com. Check it out while you're at it. And uh, I guess that's it. Not sure what we're going to talk about next week. It's probably not going to be sweater pants. <laughs> so uh, don't worry about that. Until then, my name is Brooks. I'm Sean. And I'm Greg. Sweater pants. Just think about it.
Consider your mind blown, America. Yeah. <laughs> Dog crazy.